last night asking me a question, and the question was a good one, and uh, so I changed streams at the last minute and decided that I would talk about a particular parable that we find in the Lotus Sutra. And this parable is the parable of the rich man and the poor son. And uh, some people equate this or like to call this the Buddhist version of the uh, prodigal son. However, that is uh, highly inaccurate in that the stories are completely different. The, um, the, uh, there was a long time ago, a long, long time ago, once upon a time, once upon a long time ago, or however the thing goes, in a, in a country far, far, far away, um, uh, there was uh, a young boy who uh, was the son of a, of a guy, and, uh, and they were not very well off, they were rather poor. The son, at a young age, left home and went off to make his own way in life, so to speak. Uh, he did not have a good time, and he was not very successful at making his own way in life. And he really struggled and suffered and became um, what you might look at nowadays as being homeless. Um, very, very destitute. And so, meanwhile, his father, on a different trajectory, um, as a, as a merchant, became very successful. Acquired a great deal of wealth, a lot of property, uh, many servants working for him. Um, I guess that's not politically correct. Um, they were employees, right? Um, he provided them shelter. <laughs> no, uh, so, you know, at that particular time, they were his servants. They worked for him. One day, and you know, the, uh, the, the, the father really missed his son, and the father had moved around, and the son had moved around, and so they had lost touch with each other. You know, this is before the digital age, long, long, long before the digital age, uh, and so there was no text messaging, there wasn't any cell phones. So one day, uh, the father was out and about and, uh, in a town where he was doing business, and, and he... Uh, saw uh, his older son, uh, the, the young man who had grown older over the years, and recognized him immediately. However, the father, having grown in wealth, perhaps grew in size as well, and was older, and certainly was no longer shabbily dressed, uh, was certainly not uh, by himself, and was probably accompanied by a retinue of people, and, certainly had business, other business people, other merchants, you know, around him. So the son was probably not as likely to uh, recognize the father. So the story goes, okay? Kind of have to work with what we got here. Um, so, um, and the son wasn't necessarily, you know, we don't know that the son was, was longing for his father or not, but, uh, you know, he probably may have, been so embarrassed in his condition, and in fact, we, we know that from later on in the story that he was very embarrassed with his condition. So, um, so the, the father immediately recognized the son and sent some of his, uh, his uh, servants over to bring the son to him so that they could become reacquainted. And the son was so fearful um, because, you know, uh, he was being captured. <laughs> You know, uh, who knows what was going through his head. Perhaps he thought he was going to be uh, taken in as a slave or that he was going to be punished. Um, those kinds of things did happen at that particular time. So he had great fear 
and fainted and passed out and uh, um, and so the, the father you know saw this and said okay leave him alone and um, we'll do something else so the father you know goes back home he returns home and he thinks about this for a little while so he has a couple of his servants dress rather shabbily and they go uh, and he says you know go bring 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 my son here and uh, or, actually he didn't say son but bring the young man here and I'll put him to work so he uh, the, the the servants brought him here and, and actually I, he never said the son that has come out till later uh, in the story and that's an important point um, so please don't get confused um, uh, jury please ignore my comment um, so uh, the so the, the young man comes with the, uh, with the shabbily dressed servants and the father gives him a job. And the initial job is something like working in the stables, cleaning up slop, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, tossing hay, feeding animals, uh, those kinds of things. And, and the son was uh, not as fearful. He, you know, uh, thought that that was probably an appropriate job for himself because he was, you know, really low class and, and um, was uh, destitute, and so um, this transition from no job to a very um, low-end job was not inconceivable to the young man. And uh, the person that wrote me the email uh, seemed to indicate, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it because it was late last night after I got off work that I read the email, and uh, it seemed to indicate that, you know, some sort of dissatisfaction with their life, and I'd like to pause the story here for a moment and, and think about our own selves. Um, I was thinking last night, you know, when I uh, first began many, many years ago when I was uh, very young, I uh, began working on print, well, printing presses in print shops, uh, actually, you know, printing things. And initially, I, uh, you know, I was just happy to work in the print shop and just running a press that they had devoted to black ink only. And this is even before color copiers. So we're a long time ago. Uh, can you imagine time before color copiers? Um, so I, you know, I was pretty happy. I mean, I thought that was pretty exciting, just running a you know, black and white, you know, just black ink printing press. It was pretty cool. That was you know, just really neat. I struggled with it, but, um, but I was, you know, I, I was pretty smooth at it. I, um, and, uh, and, and I had a really uh, big comfort for this low-end low, low end printing. I worked in a very large shop, and, and they had the, the, uh, the, the simple printing, the black press, uh, up in one part of the shop. And then in the back part of the shop, they had the commercial printing, the, the really high-end, multicolor, um, high-grade stocks and technical printing in the back. And, you know, I mean, I had locked, I, you know, we, it's all one company, we talked with each other and talked, and, but you know, I was kind of satisfied with, with where I was, you know, it was easy work, and, you know, I, I was good at what I was doing, I became good at what I was doing. And eventually the opportunity came for me to uh, move to the number three press, the number three color press, which was... Uh, just introducing color, just, you know, running the not-too-complicated multicolor things. Uh, and so, you know, I did that, and I remember 
wasn't long, within my first week or so, I was so stressed out. I was just so stressed out uh, trying to make that jump between um, monitoring black ink only and how it laid down on paper and, uh, and then monitoring two colors, black and another color or two colors. You know, it required mixing the inks, had the match before you actually put them in the press, and it's on and on. It was a very, very uh, complicated job. And one day I, I, I messed up a job and, um, and um, you know, didn't, you know, at the time wouldn't have said messed up. Uh, there were other <laughs> adjectives that could have been used for what I did to the job, but we'll, we'll leave it at messed up. Uh, and I, I, I remember going home and, and I was just so stressed that uh, my partner and I were working on a car at the time. We were trying to uh, repair our car. And just in the middle of trying to repair it, I just, just broke down. I just started crying, threw up, just really was really, really sick and very stressed over, over my um, poor performance on the job. And uh, then we talked about it and you know, I did some soul searching and, and it's <coughs> almost, almost immediate. But from that mo moment on, I, um, I just kind of had like an awakening. And I don't know if it was because of Buddhism or not. I mean, I was, I was practicing Buddhism at the time, but, but I sort of had this epiphany that, okay, what I did at work is what I do at work. And if I screw something up, um, I, I, can't, I can't do anything about it. It's, it's done. All I can do is move forward. And I certainly can't do anything about it at home. And I uh, developed the, the trait to uh, be able to leave my work at home. And when I'm at home, I was at home. And I'm very fortunate that I was able to develop that. A lot of people never, you know, never get to that point. Um, but I, I remember it very clearly. It was just kind of like this, this well, yeah, uh-huh, duh, uh, kind of aha moment that um, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at home. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to... Just gonna enjoy, try to enjoy, and do the best I can. So I put this in here because I'm sure that in the process of even cleaning slop, uh, you might get kicked by a horse, or uh, you might step in some poop yourself, and and you know there's some days that are going to be good, and you know maybe a bull will butt you in the rear end, or. You know, pigs will knock you over. I mean, you know, there'll, there'll be things that will go wrong in, in our daily lives. And yet the Father with patience, um, you know, continued to um, uh, employ his son, unbeknownst to the son. He was his father. And the son became better. And uh, without any aspiration, without any desire on the part of the son, the father promoted him and made him various other positions. Uh, and, and just to kind of shorten the story up, we'll put him in charge of, um, of, of managing the place. I mean, he went through a couple of different positions before he became overseer of the operation. And the father, um, you know, one day actually dressed in, um, dressed down and <coughs> went to, um, and, this, and the way the story goes, the son still didn't even actually realize who he was working for because um, the, the, the other folks had hired him and he was just working there and it was a large operation. So one day the father dresses down a little bit, 
mills around and approaches his, uh, his son and you know, starts talking to him and, and, and you know, telling him what a good job and how he, you know, listen to how he was feeling and stuff like that. And, 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 and you know, appraised the, the young man. And so in my own situation, uh, you know, once I became comfortable with that particular job and um, learned to let it go, I really began to, um, uh, really became very skillful at the job. I had, uh, uh, I guess you could say, an innate knack for the craft of printing. I mean, there's a lot of mechanics to it. There's a lot of technical stuff to it, but there's a certain craft to it. Um, uh, I like to think that the really good press operators don't need a pH strip to test the water. You just kind of have a sense. Um, you, you see how the ink is uh, repelling the water. You see how the water is cascading on the rollers. You, you listen to the ink and how it's milling on the rollers. And if you've never run a printing press, this is all kind of um, perhaps a little obscure or even esoteric. But, but there is sort of this esoteric nature to printing. Um, you know, how the, paper, how the ink is sitting on the paper, how it's, how it's chemically reacting. Will it dry? Will it not dry? Do you need to use powder? All of these things. And just, I just had this, once I kind of let all that go and just really got, was able to enjoy what I was doing, actually my skill level increased. Then later on in life, I um, uh, had various, uh, once I, you know, could no longer physically uh, do printing, I was able, uh, you know, most recently before I became a priest, I worked for Bank of America. And I remember, uh, you know, the big qualification for me at Bank of America was being able to be, be really proficient with math, being, being very skillful at math, and also uh, Excel, and working Excel spreadsheets. And then <coughs> the, uh, the uh, proprietary programs that the bank had that, of course, I didn't know anything about. And I remember my first, my first day at Bank of America. This was a big step up for me. Uh, very late in life, so it was double big step because normally, you know, old folks don't get hired for something like, you know, a brand new career. So I was very fortunate. Um, and, you know, my, my boss had a lot of confidence in me and, and some of the other people that I knew and had interviewed with uh, also had that, that same confidence. However, after day one, I didn't have that confidence anymore. You know, I thought going in, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm really good at math. That was my major in college. And, <coughs> I could do this. <coughs> Pardon me. But after about day one, especially the end of week one, it's like, oh my gosh, I have gotten in way over my head. Um, this is <laughs> this is beyond me. Uh, but but again, you know, I, I just I just enjoyed doing what I was doing. I did the best I can. You know, some very patient people. They had a really good training program there. That and they didn't expect me to be proficient on day one. Thank goodness. So the same with the father and his son. The father gradually uh, raised the condition of his son up, uh, showed opportunities to the son. The son took advantage of The son did very well um, through the kindness and generosity of the father. Finally, the father is very old, and he wishes to transfer his, his, um, his, his fortune to his son. So he calls the, the man, by this time the, the guy is overseeing the whole operation, the house, the supplies, the store, you know, even doing trades himself, 
um, you know, going out on trading uh, missions to you know, um, work with other merchants. So, so the, the, the son was, was running the whole show, basically. And the, the father calls the son and, and all of his staff into his sick room as he's dying, and he makes the announcement that this guy is actually his son. And the uh, son is just uh, speechless. And, um, you know, he said, you know, the, the, the sentiment was, I, this I have and I never sought. I, I, I never really even imagined it would be possible. So I didn't go looking for it. And the same way with Buddhism, and as we begin our practice, uh, and as we continue our practice, the Buddha has given us a teaching, a teaching that we, we don't even really understand the, the full power, the full nature of the teaching that has been given to us and what it can do for our lives. What the, the depth of the joy that we can experience in our everyday moments is, is unimaginable. And the Buddha has given us this teaching and he's, he's brought us up gradually, gradually to give us this teaching, the Lotus Sutra, that we practice together today so that we can attain the ultimate joy. And in the Lotus Sutra, the Buddha gives all of his inheritance, all of his teachings to, to people equally, uh, without, without regard, without condition. And much the same as the father gave everything, all of his inheritance to his son, without condition. Uh, seeing that the son was eminently qualified, the Buddha, seeing that we are eminently able of attaining enlightenment, has given us this dharma. And so, even on my jobs, you know, once I opened myself up to the possibilities, once I relaxed into it and was ready to uh, open up and receive the gift of the mentors that I had on the job, the, uh, you know, the, the graciousness of co-workers, uh, willing to help when I made mistakes. And so it is with us in the Sangha. You know, we have many people we practice with. We have uh, many people we can go to for teachers to learn to answer, uh, answer our questions. And we have people who will help us uh, practice together, join with us in our practice as, as equals, and, uh, and so that we may inherit this great teaching that the Buddha has given to us. So uh, I hope that that somehow answers the question for the person, I'm not sure if they're listening online, but they will uh, hear the recording later on, but I hope that that kind of helps the person who's struggling with a lot of self-doubt about their job, their family, all the things that they're struggling with, and also about their own dissatisfaction with their perfection, with their lack of perfection. Um, none of us are perfect, we all struggle. How many people have struggled on the job in the first few days that they've gone to work there? Um, you know, I, I'm doing part-time part work at Papa John's, and, you know, what's so difficult about that? But, you know, putting together a pizza can be, especially when you've got them, you know, going like this. It, you know, there are times where it's like, oh, boy, making pizzas is over my head. You know, so, uh, so we all face that. And yet, if we persevere and if we allow ourselves to do so, we can usually overcome it. And we can open ourselves up to new experiences and new opportunities even if it's not more pay. So uh, with that, I would like to go ahead and close today's Dharma talk.
invite you all to uh, join us uh, for tea and cake uh, that Cake Allen brought to us today. And uh, thank the online folks for joining us today. Thank you very much. And with that, let us go ahead and chant Odai Moka three times, the Namu Myoho Denge Kyo. And I will do the first one solo. Namu Myoho Denge Kyo. Namu Myoho Denge Kyo. Namu Myoho Denge Kyo. Namu Myoho Denge Kyo. 